Hello, guys, and welcome to Behind the Bunker. It's Saturday night. It's our live quarantine show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I think it's Saturday night. I'm pretty sure it's Saturday night, so thank you guys for being here. Um, tonight we have a special guest, and um, we're going to continue this trend. We've had some great guests on the show for the last couple of weeks, and uh, today uh, we have Travis Lemansky. He is from Team Infamous, as well as uh, well other kinds of places. We'll find out shortly. Tonight with me, I have, uh, let's look who's in the shop here. We have Matt Crypt in the top right corner. Hey, guys. And uh, Joe Kimson in the bottom left. Greetings, and thanks for tuning in. And uh, what about Gavin Sharma? What about Gavin Sharma? Yes, Gavin Sharma is here, ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday, the quarantine show. Uh, make sure you strap in your seatbelts and wear your helmets and make sure your arms and legs are in the cart until it comes to a complete stop. Because it's the quarantine show. We are here live. Make sure you hit like and share. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah. And then who do we have in the bottom right corner? We have Travis Lemansky. How are you, sir? What's going on, guys? I don't know. I mean, we can say you're from Infamous, but you wear many hats. And, and I know that you've had lots of hats since we've known you. But yep. what's sort of the Reader's Digest of what you're involved in? Oh, God. I know. I mean, you've um, got Amway, you've got, uh, um, so yeah, so I, I guess I have a, I have three things kind of going on. Um, I have foundation. So when I sort of step back from the paintball world, when I worked for other companies, uh, I had a non-compete to kind of sit out for a year. Uh, so I really kind of put everything into this, this company called foundation FNDN. Um, that's kind of my wearable tech. Um, we really do a lot of like heated apparel and that, that type of stuff. So anything from jackets, gloves, you name it. Um, and then I was able to jump back into the paintball side of things. And so I had started, uh, kind of my own brand, which I have, you know, always been affiliated with, with infamous. Um, so I just took infamous paintball, the team into infamous paintball, the brand. Um, and then in that process, I got, uh, sort of mixed in with the, the pro Shar guys because you know we need paint to shoot and so uh pro Shar was looking at coming to the u.s they're they're a uh, russian manufacturer that makes paintballs and they're really big over in europe so they were going to come to the u.s so they were talking to me about the team and then one thing led to another and and now i'm like pro Shar usa here in the states so okay so you've got a, you got your hands in a few things yeah <laughs> a little bit <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, when we first met you, you were working for Key, and right. you were in product development. Would that be fair to say? Correct, yep. Okay, because I think at that time, you guys had just released the BT line. Yeah, so my how I got involved with the whole Key thing was, goes even a step further back, I was working for JT USA in San Diego. And uh, Gino Posterivo, currently a Falcon, but was a national paintball supply, um, had hired me to come work at National, and he wanted to create a uh, his own brand. And, and basically, at that time, they were a distributor, so they only you know they carried everybody else's stuff and, and redistributed it. And the brand he had was Empire. Um, so I kind of like headed up the Empire line, and then we got bought out uh, by Key, and then. You know, obviously, we're taking different looks at other uh, parts of the world. We didn't have Titman at that point, right? So we were looking at sort of a, com a competitor to that line. 
Titman was strictly guns, but we were looking at, you know, how to fully embrace the scenario world. So we, we started BT. That's kind of back when, like, you look at those years back then, there were so many paintball brands. Like, I know yeah. with, you know, sort of the decline of retail in paintball and sort of with some amalgama- amalgamation of a lot of paintball companies, you know, people have gotten rid of certain SKUs and there's, you know, they killed a couple product lines or absorbed ones. Like NXC was another one. I used to really like NXC, but, but uh, when Tippmann bought NXC and then Tippmann was bought out, that was one of the, one of the lines that got, got expunged. But there were some really good product lines, Extreme Rage and Evil and BT. Um, yeah. Joe, help me out. Think of some other, uh, uh, and not necessarily just with, with, uh, oh, an Empire and Invert. Invert was its own line back then as well. But even think of some of the other companies too. There was Proto. there was custom products, oh, Proto, barrels, yeah. Proto, all all that die 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 came out with a lower end company, which was Proto at the time. Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of neat. But I remember being at Tipman. Um, I don't know in two thousand four, two thousand five, Spec Ops out of, out of Utah. But we were at Tipman, and Jamie Cheney um, was <laughs> was one of the tech guys. And then Ben Tipman was working there. Then I guess he had a falling out with with um someone at Tipman and he went over to um I guess national and then started the Ben Tipman line then it then it, it, it all of a sudden came back to the to the Empire Key um company. It's neat. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, there was I mean God there was and even JT, JT was a standalone company. You know, um yeah. Who else? In Chula, Chula Vista, California. Brass Eagle was its own standalone company for quite some time as well. Yeah, you lo- it was you crazy. Loader. Jeez. So you you've got this. So as far as foundation is concerned, so what is foundation? What that is? Um, how can you sort of sum that up? Uh, so we we kind of consider ourselves like a wearable tech company, but our kind of claim to fame is this heated stuff, right? So. Yeah, he's got some heated socks there on the screen, but yeah, he did, he did everything really, like heated jackets, heated scarves. Uh, yeah. You know, we're we're really trying to 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 bridge the gaps on on all the different garments, and yeah. then uh, this year we actually launched a LED like running jackets. It's also heated, so we're trying to get into you know nice. not be so seasonal and, and do some different stuff. Actually, that's a really good idea because even even a regular running jacket that has uh, you know, a fluorescent strip on or with those reflective strips on it, you're not seen until someone's car is directly in your path. And then at that point, it might be too late. So at least with, uh, yeah, that's a really good idea. I forgot that I had seen that with you guys. Um, yeah. yeah, I have I have one of your heated vests. I wear it all the time in the winter. It's a great kind of middle layer. I, you know what I mean? It's not, uh, you, you wouldn't wear it as your uh, your outer layer. Um, my wife has, uh, has the heated scarf. I mean, yeah, I mean, these things, you don't know how much of a wuss you are until after you've bought one of these, used one of these, and then gone without one of them. Uh, you know, working at the outdoor field on those cold winter days or, or, or even just shoveling the snow or going for a walk, man, oh man, your quality of life just goes up when you got one of those things. I mean, the furthest, first thing that gets cold on you is your, you know, you, you feel is in your chest. And when you've got a nice warm blankety feel around you when you're 
God, I sound like I'm a soft look man. Look at <laughs> manly talk. No to kidding. Like what the hell? No kidding. But it's Travis, true. It's like gentle kisses all over your body. Travis, do you do any? Um, you do all the heated tech stuff. Do you do any of anything for the military? Are you are you at liberty to discuss it? Or um, is that uh, a hard? Currently, that... No, I mean, I would I would say that there's a lot of people that do buy our stuff, but we don't have a government contract, so to speak. Um, that would require a lot of different manufacturing options so but yeah. you know you, you don't want a military like contract it would be only for a couple onesie twosies here and there anyways right yeah and i mean honestly like retail in general is changing so you have to really like focus on your strategies like are you going to go the you know direct to consumer are you going to go with the, the dealer wholesale model are you going to sell amazon i mean there's so many questions you have to ask yourself when you get into this world and, it, and it's it's changing on a weekly basis. It's, it's probably changed dramatic. It's it's changed dramatically yeah. in the last five weeks. Yeah. When when this when we come out of you know what we're in right now, the the whole retail industry and how things are done, not clothing but everything, is going to be yeah. is going to be changed dramatically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, going to I, I've had to go to Home Depot in this quarantine. I've had to go to several different stores and legitimately you order it online you go sit in front like an idiot you call the store and they come out with a cart and they don't want you out of your vehicle they tell you to open your car door and walk away and they'll load it for you i mean it's convenient but it's not fun like i want to go in and grab the merchandise and and do you know what i mean like i want to choose it myself i I, we've been ordering from walmart for our, some of our grocery items and you get this email, it's like, okay, my grocery items are ready. I can go to Walmart and pick them up. And then you've got a long list of substitutions. Here you go. We don't have this. So, you know, we're going to give you the shitty stuff that we do have and replace it with the ones that you did want and you've already paid for it. So thank you. Just come and get it and take it out of our store, please. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What are you doing with yourself during this quarantine? You're at home. You've got kids. Yeah. So, um, I have, a like a, a separate section of my house which is like it's attached but not attached like i literally leave the house to go over to my office um and i've converted that so it used to be kind of like an in-law suite where i had it you know it's got its own bathroom and an upstairs like apartment and all this stuff and i've literally converted it into a warehouse now so that um during this time uh, you know we're not really deemed essential so i can't have like our regular warehouse open and fulfilling orders and doing all this so I just brought a whole bunch of paintball stuff here and I've just been fulfilling orders here. It's been, it's been a little crazy. Yeah. At least you've got you take your kids to work with you. Sometimes I have them carry packages to the front yard and then, you know, they lose them after time and it's a, it's a disaster. <laughs> How old are your people or your workers or your kids? Oh yeah. My, uh, my warehouse team, they're 11, eight, uh, six and four. So they're not old enough to form a union, but they're also not experienced enough to really do it 100%. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah. An 11-year-old and an 8-year-old are probably employed offshore at, at certain plants, so <laughs> that's not a stretch. Yeah. Well, and the, the goofy thing is is they're still in school, right? So during the week, like, I want to pull over my 11-year-old and be like, hey, box this up. But, you know, she's got classes and stuff. It's terrible. But how much... Okay, maybe it's different for us in Canada. Maybe, Joe, you can answer this one. But, I mean, my kids maybe spend at best a half an hour to an hour a day 
on their with. school. That's it. Joe, yeah, what about Milo, yours? Milo, Milo's probably an hour or two a day, and then Parker's three or four hours a day. That's what there's. That's sort of the, what the the province has has mandated. But wow, it's tough. It's tough. And then they just announce no exams, and yeah. then all the work that they're doing doesn't necessarily count on their grade. So it's this weird sort of. They're the penalizing them with school, but you're not benefiting by getting anything back from it. Well, it's a, we, we don't get into whole quarantine talk, but it's it's not like this has been precedent before, right? They don't have a blueprint in terms of, hey, how do we manage this? So I think everybody, including schools, are doing the best they can with what they have. Uh, and that speaks to our, our paintball industry as well. I know, Travis, uh, in the U.S. of A., where you're situated too, uh, it's a little different in terms of some fields are opening up. So there is some paintball going on. Um, are you seeing any um, any traffic? Um, any yeah, any I mean, <clears throat> yeah. So we've sort of like not. I, I had to make a decision. Like going into this, it was a little scary. I'm like, okay, do I put the brakes on everything? Because we're like a growing brand, so we're trying to come out with new stuff constantly to to keep in the, the limelight, whatever. And uh, so I had a schedule of like new products, like every few weeks, and. You know, some of these things are a big deal to us. I mean, we're 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 small, but you know, it's do, do I pump the brakes and like not launch stuff because I don't know if this pandemic thing is going to go months, you know, six months. I don't know. And am I going to sit on this inventory and choke or what? And uh, but we decided just to charge forward. So we have constantly like new products coming out, and uh, it it's it's been good. I mean, obviously, like there's online traffic is is hot right now for us, and I've talked to other um you know dealers that that we wholesale to and they're all pretty busy right now so that's that's a good yeah. sign as far as that plus when this is over you don't want to be left with the only guy that doesn't have anything in his warehouse like that's my fear like i'm the last of the optimistic people here and i, I fear that when you know that the second that it's over people are going to hit that switch and it's going to be instant rewind back to the time before it and people are just going to you know their memories are going to be wiped and they're going to go back and they're going to spend all the money that they were given by the government. Now I know that's not right, but that's my fear. You know what I mean? That we're not going to be prepared for when we're allowed to be back in operation. Right. Well, I, I'm an optimist and I'm obviously um, super leaning on the like paintball side of things, but I just have a feeling that people have been cooped up and they've been inside their house. They've watched the entire internet. Like they're over, netflix they're over video games and we might be able to capture some of that you know some of those people back in the outdoors that, that we lost to video games or whatever so yeah yeah hey uh george hey in the live chat wants to know do you make heated jeggings we do <laughs> there you go all right george yes. <laughs> george hayes one of our uh one of our viewers and uh he's a uh, how can you describe his body type? Adonis, maybe? Husky. I don't husky. know, maybe, maybe Adonis, husky Adonis, yeah. And he's uh, he's very much wanting to buy some some jeggings or some leggings, and this this might be the case. I might kick might be able to kickstart him. A pair of heated that he can not uh, offers twelve season wear. <laughs> George, I know George. He doesn't actually need a heated face. Anything. He's he's got a giant beard, and he's very warm around the face. He's got a small family of birds nesting now. That's his uh, his quarantine project. Oh, geez. Um, so, Infamous, what are they... How, how can I say this? 
so nobody's playing paintball right now. And there will be a time where paintball is going to happen again and you guys are going to be expected to hit a national event and play. What are you guys doing as far as, like, are you mandating that people stay fit? Are you mandating that they somehow practice? Like, what, or or, you, or, or can you even say anything? Well, no, I mean, obviously at the, the pro level, like, um, let's face it, these guys aren't making livings off of, uh, being pro paintball players for the most part. So I would say that these guys have a specific drive and there's something in them that they want to be the best in their craft. So, you know, a lot of these dudes are already push themselves, get up, go to the gym, you know, ride bike, whatever it is that they're, they do. I mean, sewers is a trainer, you know what I mean? Like, so these guys are naturally, you know, in that mindset. So I, I don't really need to do much there. I would like to see more guys just like, you know, if they can get another dude in their area and just play one-on-one or something just to keep the gun skills up. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, before the quarantine, it would have been nice to be able to get a couple of air tanks full of air and a couple of cases of paintballs. And even if they just did some snap shooting drills and right, that's the hardest thing. I mean, Joe and I get messaged and calls about guys that just want air fills because uh, they had, they want to make sure that their guns are working. They want to, you know, put the last couple of paintballs they have through their gun and, and, and maybe do some shooting. Nobody's really playing because no one, no one really has places to play near us, but, but certainly that's been the big ask is can we get air fills? Yeah. 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 They're probably like tinkering too, right? They, they're bolting on some new thing that they just bought and they want to test it out. So that's cool. Yeah. And guys that are buying used equipment, even they just want to make sure it works and without air, what, you know, what can you do? So how much time do you guys need? before you guys feel comfortable going back to playing a, a national event? I mean, I'll play right now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, be, think, being wanting to play and being ready to play. Yeah. I, so I would say that uh, because of the way the NXL works with the, the field layout release thing, um, they're naturally going to get those, you know, five, six days of solid practice on that layout before the event. And that'll, sharpen the sword a little bit yeah yeah what do you think of this you know the the okay so in ontario our leagues are going with blind layouts now um up till last year they were doing what nxl had done because they were kind of affiliate leagues this year they kind of said screw it let's do blind layouts let's go back to the og way of having to go to the field and walk it um the only problem with that is back when that used to happen people would physically have to go to the fields and walk it but most leagues, including the one that I'm talking about, we broadcast uh, Saturdays and Sundays. So if you're playing on Sunday, you can watch it on Saturday. Plus, you can go to the field and pre-walk it the day before and do all of your stuff. So the technology is different. Back when we used to do one-day tournaments and have to walk the field that day, that was a whole other different skill set. So there's a little bit of cheating right now going on. But uh, what, what do you think? Would you, would you like Dan Excel to go to blind layouts? I would. I don't think that... Uh so I have my own theories because I've lived through the, all the peaks and valleys of this whole tournament thing. Um, but I will tell you that when we didn't know the layout, we practiced as much, if not more, we, you know, we practiced every weekend and, uh, and now we may just practice the layout weekends because it is expensive and we fly everywhere and we do all this stuff. So, um, I think more paintball would be played if they didn't release the layouts. Um, I also think it rewards creative players. Um, so day one of any pro practice, 
you have guys flying around the field, trying all this different stuff, doing up and overs, you know, see what they can get away with. And then by, you know, the fifth or sixth day on the layout, it's all refined and tightened up and crossed up and it's, it's kind of lame. So I wish they would go back. Yeah. Would make it kind of fun from a field owner standpoint. You know, Joe and I talked about this when, when, you know, we really like the fact that two weeks out, we get a layout. And then for those two weeks prior to an event, we know we can count on the business that's coming. We already know how to set up the field. And when this whole thing came down, it was like, is that going to stop business? Are people going to get less practice in? But I think it's going to be the opposite. I think you're right, Travis. I think people are going to be more cautious and they're going to want to get out and just practice those field skills. Yeah, no, it's true. You, you, we just, we played paintball. Like we practice being a team, you know, you practice communication, you practice gunfighting, everything, you not just, Hey, drill this breakout shot a hundred million times. Please, you know, yeah. so you don't bounce the guy. Well, maybe, maybe your opinion's different, but I feel that when ramping and coaching and NXL kind of took over, not NXL, sorry, PSP, I guess, or X ball really took over the quality of the player kind of went down because people were being just little robots and being coached. And now it's a little bit better because there's no more coaching anymore, but I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I comment on that. I, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head where it definitely takes a, a lesser skill. But the problem is, is when they started X ball, you still had the guys at the top of their game that knew how to play real paintball. But then as those guys sort of retired or fell off, that's when we had this weird gap for like five years of dudes that were just kind of robots that didn't really understand how to play. But yeah. now they've killed coaching again. Now yeah. you have like true players that kind of understand it. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't take too much to fix it. But, you know, that's why I'm like a, such a big proponent of like the 10 the man stuff, the ICCs. Uh, the, the yeah, ICPLs, yeah. all that stuff. I just think that's like a pure form of paintball. So Gavin used to ref um, a league that started up many years ago in Canada called the CXBL, and that was at the same time that X-Ball came out. So that was when we had the first taste of a coach on the field able to coach to you and guys in the pit able to coach you and guys on the sidelines able to coach you. And and, and, and I'm going to put words, I'll ask Gavin here in a second, but like, didn't it feel dirty? Like as a player, I felt like I could now cheat. Like it felt like we were cheating. Uh, so for my limited experience, Travis, and you can please you can take, take, uh, take over this. Uh, the original X-Ball rules from Richmond Italia was the coach was the only person allowed to speak. Right. And so there was other coaches as well. They'd have to communicate directly with the coach, but the only person who would actually speak on the field uh, two players was the coach itself. Um, and so the evolution of X-Ball in terms of players not really liking that, um, things sort of got muddled and, and muddied and adapted over time. One of the things I did like about sideline coaching, if it was done correctly, is that it got the audience invested in the game and excited and actually felt like they were contributing to either the win or loss. Um, and I think they could have really policed that a little bit better to restrict that solely to the stands versus people standing up against the mesh or, or um, like tape lines and then you know, basically having teams coach from the side. So, no, I want my big arrow sign and I want to jump up and down like know, a jackass. You know what? <laughs> but you know what? Because well, I mean, certain Richmond's concept was really to make it like uh, almost like, like a hockey concept or like NASCAR. Um, and it really, you know what? I, I think in its purest form, it really lended itself to audience participation 
Um, whether people can hear that or not with people screaming from the stands, I think that's part of the excitement too. If you think you're actually contributing to it, uh, I think it sort of got bastardized when actually people were up against the mesh and yeah. the counter coaching and all that. So if I'm screaming from the stand like 15 feet away, uh, as a player on the field, you're not hearing that anyway, right? And so, but uh, as the audience member, I don't know that. I think yeah. I've really helped my team win, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't know, and Travis, you want to speak to that too? But I think you know, I would like yeah. to see, I would like to see coaching again, but done in a way that's policed only from the stands versus up against a mesh or anything like that. Yeah. So um, this is some like un unknown old facts when. When we first started this thing, I was basically Avalanche. So it was like me and Lasoya and Richardson and, and LB, and we were now Miami Effect, which is some random name. You know, I don't know. But this is when they start first putting this together. But now Aftershock was a bunch of old school dudes too. But when we would play them, even though it was coaching was legal and coaching was, you know, was supposed to happen, we just had a gentleman's agreement, hey, no coaching. So before the game, we would shake hands, no coaching, and just play our match like how it was meant to be played. I understand what you're saying with like crowd being able to cheer and this and that, but I've been burned so many times by like, you know, not just me or someone on my team or someone that pulls off this sweet move and like they're three steps away from a guy and this, the crowd goes wild and is going, he's coming and they pop the top and it's a trade and it shouldn't be. So yeah. in but my on opinion, the, yeah. it's weak. But on the same token, I really like the fact of having, as Gavin says, the coach or the crowd being able to call audibles on the field Maybe they can't be up at the mesh. Maybe they can't have signs. But I really love that because now when you go watch an NXL event, the crowd, it might, you might as well be at Wimbledon. Everybody's quiet and everybody's just sort of static. People used to run crazy when, when they were able to no, speak. And to be honest with you, but, but on the field, I'll be honest with you, I've been burned before. I've been helped before. But you have to have... You've got to have a pretty loud voice. It's got to be pretty distinctive and it's got to be timed just right for it to be actually helpful. Right, like. No, I disagree. I, the I, he's coming thing is almost impossible. You know, okay, like, but I've been counter coached as well with the same thing, right? Yeah, I like, remember, I, go ahead, Joe. I remember, co I remember coaching um, Eric Richards. We had a CXBL team, and it was like the, the, I guess, the pro version of Canadian paintball. And you know, we'd have a guy; he'd be in the snake, and he'd be shooting at someone. I'd be telling him the angle and where to shoot. And he'd be able to lay behind the snake. We had that down to a science. It was it was quite spectacular, but you know. Yeah, that, and I think that, towards the end of coaching too, it wasn't like, "Hey, listen to the crowd." It was listen to Jerry. He's in the audience. You know his voice. He's the one talking to you. That's that's our guy. So every team had a guy, and that's who you listen to. So it was. But how do you effective. hear him when you've got everyone else trying to drown you out? Do you know what I mean? Like let and when I say crowd control, I mean like don't let anybody stand up to the mesh. Ha you have to be in the bleachers, and the bleachers are legitimately like when you're at NXL, they're twenty to twenty-five feet away minimum to the edge of the field, and then from the edge of the field to the first player, you're still another twenty feet. I mean, that, those distinctive voices. I, I don't know. I mean, I so, get so you, you but. Yeah, you have the, the number of people in the crowd and the churro guy, right? So you, you know, you're, <laughs> you're trying to compete with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I I don't like coaching, but I do like the fact that the crowd could be participating sure. somehow. They're, yeah, yeah, and for me that that part I thought um, as sort of a proponent of paintball and like it to see it move to the next level beyond sort of just our niche market. I thought that was probably one of the best ways to do so to make it exciting and make it a um more and more of a festival for those who pay their money and sit in the seats right uh, yeah. they're actually 
think think they're part of the, the game because i think about any other sport um that i go to a professional sport uh yes there's heckling some of it's coaching as well right but there is this element of participation where you feel invested in your team and you feel either you're helping or you're hurting and i think that's going to sort of escape now in paintball um other than just sort of like like todd alluded to sort of the golf clap right um well done johnny you you shot that guy <laughs> really great yeah uh, you know the, the stands the stands get pretty rowdy especially in the like the finals on sunday and that that sort of time i mean you know before you even shoot the last guy that they're dead because the crowd goes nuts you know what i mean uh so yeah it may be during like prelims and this kind of stuff it's pretty dead in there without a without coaching but sunday it's wild i mean everyone's like could get knocked out in uh, vegas right yeah. this question um we're, we're talking about we're talking about paintball um the history of the paint history of paintball, the complete history of paintball that just came out. I, what made me think about that is you said you were on Team Avalanche with Chris Lasoy and everybody like that. But did you have an opportunity to um, watch watch the documentary? No, in fact, I, it's been on my like quarantine list of things to watch. What are you uh, busy, dude? It's just you know, like I said, I'm like doing the order, shipping the order, <laughs> running the warehouse, camp chaos leader. So it's been. But, uh, but if you found seven hours to watch Tiger King and you haven't found two hours and 52 minutes to watch the complete history of paintball, I'm going to be a little disappointed. No, I'm a super fan of this thing, right? I was posting, I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to do it this week. And I've just been behind right now. So, but I am catching up. So I, this week will be the week I watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. And I just put it up on the screen. I'll put it up again here, ladies and gentlemen. It's a complete history of paintball. It's a full length feature documentary film on exactly that. The history of paintball. If you wanted to know how it started, um, there's so many things in there that even we didn't, you know, fully understand. Did you know there was people against, you know, trying to go to Congress to get paintball abolished and, and banned? Um, there's, there, there's the whole journey of, of how it actually came to be. There's discussion of the first game and the second game and, uh, who was the actual first winner of the first match. And the first game of paintball wasn't really a traditional game of paintball, like a capture the flag. It was kind of a survival game and that's, and that's kind of really how it started. And I, and, and I'm not going to give anything away by saying this cause we've already lived it, but go back and watch this documentary if you haven't already. Um, as Travis says, it was awesome. I'm glad I watched it. Um, watched it as soon as it came out. Um, yeah, you definitely need to do so. And it's what, like eight bucks? What was it, eight or nine bucks? Thirteen. Yeah, John well, in the live chat idea. says it was a great watch, and Devin Schwartz says uh, loved the documentary. Great watch. Yeah, I guess we're kind of razzing you, Travis, but you definitely need to watch it. <laughs> I will for sure. Yeah, they um, definitely touch on the avalanche. Uh, sniper episode so oh good i'll have to check that one out yeah and they named names and mainly it was travis and it was all travis you'll have to uh, you might have to rebuke it i don't know but uh there's reports of a whole special coming another two and a half hours just on that <laughs> they've like got it. they've got cameramen knocking at your door and uh ghillie suits yeah 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 um so, sorry uh travis when the world returns to normal, the light switch goes back on to go. What are you doing paintball related? Uh, as in like practice or are you talking just all of the above? Like, what are you chomping at the bit? You know, you're, you're smiling when you go to sleep thinking this is what I want to do. If we were okay to, to go ahead. 
Um, you know, to be honest, like I'm, I'm loving it. Like this is my like kind of first full year doing my own thing in paintball. So I'm loving coming out with new products. I'm loving testing stuff with the team. I'm loving, you know, just being back in paintball in my own terms, really. So, um, you know, I have, a, we have a slew of new products that we're sort of, I wouldn't say we're sitting on them, but I would say that this whole virus thing has everything sort of slowed down and gummed up a little bit. So we're just waiting to, to kind of have fun attack the industry yeah yeah hey uh, in the live chat jonathan rollman says the movie sucked he says a bunch of recycled footage that you can find on youtube I... oh you know where's okay. he gonna find out about an interview with charles Gaines? he's on crack i i mean i, I get okay that. yes you can see some of that Idiot. footage some of it's already been posted but 90 percent of that stuff that's in the in the uh, documentary you've never seen before and plus the interviews with the guys I mean, if you like the sport like we all do, it's interesting to hear it from the original people. You don't see that on YouTube because no one's ever talked about it like this before. So I, I yeah. get I get what you're saying, but it's yeah. definitely worth it and maybe, good for John maybe, for spending the, a year of his life putting that thing together. So yeah, maybe the Nightline stuff with Tim Ted Koppel and some of the yeah, stuff yeah. with Sally Jesse Raphael. If you're a YouTuber and oh, you, she's hot. you've watched that, all the power. Yeah, she was pretty hot. And those guys. <laughs> Those guys with the late '80s mustaches and stuff like that, John Holmes guys. Then yeah, yeah. Then it's all it's all regurgitation. But like yeah. the hours of interviews with Charles Gaines and Charles Gaines' son, and the, going back to the original survival games and Gramps and Grizzly, you didn't see that stuff before, unless you're some kind of psychic, like yeah. your president. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, um, maybe it's time to change the hat. Uh, Todd, you can go back to the original. Act. Yeah, I think I will. Um, oh, I was going to say, hey, um, I, I want to take a moment. If you guys have a moment, I want to tell you guys about something that's pretty important to me. Uh, did you guys know that Planned Eclipse, they are the creators of the most incredible tournament paintball markers, soft goods and gear, and they have the winningest paintball markers in paintball. Now innovators in mechanical actions, including the new M170R and MG100 MagFed Marble. Manila Gay is the world's leading manufacturer of smoke grenades, thunder flash, airsoft, and paintball grenades for use in theater, film, and photography. And of course, paintball. Pull the tab on an EGA or next event. And Arabs are proudly made in the USA. Their thick welded seams, stainless steel hardware, multiple color options, and layouts are available. Uh, the season has been paused, but the 2020 fields can ship right now. So ask for about col uh, full color printing, custom logo options. Make sure you customize your next field with Arabs. Ruthless Paintball Products, guys. Are you going to do it, Matt, or you want me to? Uh, so Ruthless Paintball Products caters to both professional players and weekend warriors. They have set a new level of paintball playing apparel. You can head on over to their website to use our BTB15 promo code for 15% off their products. And more than just swamps and pads, Exalt is a way of life. Available in discerning retailers, fields, shops, and shows. It is tournament-ready, battle-proven Exalt. In the beginning, In the beginning. In the beginning, you fall out of a tree, you stumble down a rocky cliff, you wade chest deep through a mosquito-infested bog, then you realize it's party town. You're surrounded, you own a tip, and now combine Empire, JT, Tipman, and V-Force. You get the world's largest distributor of everything paintball, GI Sports. I like how you inadvertently put an accent on there. Uh, DLX Technology, guys, is the manufacturer of the Lux Paintball Marker, as well as other great product lines like the SP Shocker, Gog Enemy, and the Freak Barrels, just to name a few. A longtime paintball manufacturer, they have the gear that you can trust, and the product's outstanding. For over 50 years, Altama has proudly carried militaries from across the globe through every challenging environment, including malls, jungles, urban 
Desert Urban Battle Zones make Altama your next paintball, airsoft, or everyday shoe. Look for Altama original SWAT at leading retailer near you. And not all ninjas wear black. With advanced colorways and coatings, adjustable regulators, remote lines, fill stations, hydro testing, and more, Ninja products have what it takes to keep you out front and always in the game and made in America. Hey, um, thank you to all of our great sponsors for for uh, helping us out here. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be on the air. Um, I'm going to call Jonathan Rollin out one more time. He says, uh, "Was a the the the, uh, the movie the documentary was a GI love fest." I'm going to disagree on that. I think it gave a lot more love to some of the other people in the industry that I really wasn't sure that. I mean, depends on what side of the fence you sit on, I guess. But I, I don't know. You, Gavin, you're shaking your head. Do you disagree with my statement? No, no, no. I, I agree with your statement. I disagree with uh, Jonathan's statement. I thought it was well-balanced, and it wasn't um, one particular manufacturer who sort of dominated. Um, yeah, but overall, I thought it was a, a brilliant documentary. I was very excited about it. I'm excited about owning a copy uh, when it comes to uh, Blu-ray as well. Uh, and I think anybody who has spent some time in the sport and has some interest in the sport, uh, it is definitely going to be a thumbs up, and I, you're, you're going you're to enjoy this. Yeah. And I don't want to make this whole program about uh, the documentary, uh, but I think um, if you love the sport, you want to know the origins of it, and this this uh, this documentary did a wonderful job of storytelling, um, the nitty gritty, and the celebrations, and um, you know, it's it's just something for everybody who like loves sport to watch. Yeah. For sure. I think GI was only brought up a lot because of the fact it's gone through so many different mutations and been bought and sold so many times. Well, it wasn't really GI. What was what it started as PMI. Yeah, so if you marketing. equate PMI to being GI Sports, which it's so far not, I mean, it, it, it's how it originated, but it's kind of like saying G, PMI is now GI Sports is kind of a stretch. It's like. I, I don't know. I, you know, we're not going to argue with it, but watch a documentary and think and see what you think for yourself. But uh, I will say, if it wasn't for Pearl Mutter and um, who's the other fellow, David Freeman, it, yeah, paintball may not exist the way it does today. That's for sure. We'd all be shooting nail spots or splatmasters, yeah. and maybe even still using oil-based paint. Yes, that's very much true. That's very much true. For as much as what national survivor games did to the sport they didn't do anything to innovate it they just sort of did whatever it was to sort of uh what's the word i'm looking franchise it would that be would that be the better I, I, word yeah that, that they sort of franchise it and, and create it i guess they they created turn it into a sport and then they franchise the sport but they didn't do a whole lot to innovate it yeah there's something else they left that was left out of the documentary. Sorry, Travis, and you haven't watched it, but maybe this will just nudge you a little bit. He's probably watching it right now I'm while we're ignoring him. Watching it while you're talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, that, that's fantastic. But you know, California, some of the other paint manufacturers, now that I think about it, really were mentioned, like um, California Magnum. And I don't know if, if Travis even remembers. There's a company um, in Long Island, New York, called Bullseye Paint, and he had like metallic filled paints. You would shoot this gold and silver paint. And it would burst with little uh, flecks of, of sparkly everywhere. And that was a magnetic. And they, he also had a, a, a glow-in-the-dark paintball that actually glowed in the dark. His name, I think his name was George, if I recall. So that's Bullseye, and he was in Long Island. Yeah, yeah. Some more trivia. Yeah. Well, I remember Bullseye, and I remember CalMag. CalMag was pretty popular in our little area, so... That's what we shot up here for a while. We we were shooting Cal Mag. It was it was really fantastic. People argue that it you know 
would knock you out and break but it man it would it would fly through the the, the tree branches and hit and break and leave a beautiful vibrant feel that washed out every time yeah so so here's a question that i, I want to ask you travis and, I, and i've been wanting to do this all show but now i can do it because i see someone in the live chat so we're good friends uh with cody chong can you tell me was that a forced player on you like did you lose a bet or no, what was the I, circumstance yeah, it, was government, <laughs> it was a government mandate we, we had to have one international player and uh someone from, from canada so like a rebate uh, program correct yeah okay we got, like a ton of maple syrup in the mail so we're <laughs> i'm sorry cody and, well, you, and, you, and you pay them in Canadian dollars, so you're saving like 30%, 30% on every dollar anyway. So it's good, good value yeah, for it's, you. It's great. It's yeah. great. I love the exchange rate right now. It's good. We yeah, can't yeah. travel across the border yet, so that's not good. But yeah, you know, no, Cody's a, Cody's a good sport. Uh, he's he's in our area. He's he's helped me out in the past by uh, by by working with me doing some commentary for our local league and stuff. And it's it. I, I'm glad to see that uh, he found a good home. So that's. Uh, I, I, I remember. Um, playing playing against his dad in the in the mid 80s dave chong when he played for like uh, one of the first um really organized teams up here called the terminators and i remember playing against those guys back in the day and their home field was rld which was on a farm and they were in brooklyn and they had the first speedball field in canada and it was all all skids and stuff and and as you were saying before off air even his dad was a chump Hey, come on. I'm just kidding. I'm only putting words in Joe's mouth. We do like the Chongs. Why, why are you going to be like that? I don't know, because I can and he can't respond. Uh, so, um, you know what? And Todd, you can, you can mute, me, mute my mic up. Um, I'm going to territory I shouldn't be. Uh-oh. So we talked a little bit about the history of paintball, uh, where it grew, and on the sort of the context of today's environment and China, what do you think the future of paintball is going to look like? in terms of manufacturing, in terms of uh, goods or, um, yeah, thoughts. Is that to me? Yeah, yeah. you said Todd, but you meant Travis. Yeah. Oh, I was Todd. talking to Todd to say, please uh, interrupt me if you think this is going south. Oh, but, no, uh, yeah, talk but, to Travis. But, but Travis, yeah. Um, so we were, you know, as an industry, we were pretty heavily dependent on the cheap manufacturing in, in China. Um, so where do you think we're going to go now as sort of, we're, we're all stuck, right? To India. No, I mean, to be honest, uh, yeah, I would say that China had been predominantly like, you know, the biggest manufacturer, whatever, for the world, really. Um, but there's other places, too, that are producing items. And you've seen different brands rely on Mexico or Pakistan or China or wherever. You know what I mean? It's, it's, there's, there's enough diversification right now. I would say that, like, if you were fully dependent on China when the Corona hit at first, you were probably hurting pretty bad because they were shut down for you know a couple months. But you know they're back online, stuff's moving. It's slower, but it's moving. So yeah. I would say, uh, you know, I think it'd be all right. And then you have to also be careful because China also closes down for like what seems to be six weeks or something for like New Year's and holidays, right? Yeah, they get hammered. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's Rice six line. weeks, but it's a it's a it's a long time. Yeah, it's a, it's the good part of a month for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you think more more um, production will come back domestically, or do you think it'll still be outsourced? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think anything that can be brought back right now is probably being you know there's there there is 
factories popping up kind of everywhere. Um, but what you'll see is prices go up because, you know, it's just that cheap labor that doesn't translate. So um, if the market would bear that and if made in Canada or made in the USA or whatever, if that means something to the to the end user and they'll pay more money for it, we'll see. Yeah. Right, I, sus- I suspect there's a, yeah. I suspect there's going to be a change in, uh, in sort of appetite for that now, right? I mean, we have this big lust for cheap products, but I think both countries, uh, the world's really seeing the value in making sure uh, their own people are employed, um, made in whatever country stamp is, and really supporting that. So I, I think the consumer, at least moving forward, and I can be completely wrong, um, they're willing to absorb a little bit of extra cost uh, when we move forward, yeah. knowing that things are made domestically. Yeah, yeah. Um, That'd be cool. Can we can we have a bit of a of a, of a sidebar here? Um, I want to bring up something here, guys. This Monday night, uh, just we we haven't announced it yet, but we're gonna have Russell Jackson and Tim Montressor on uh, to talk about uh, ICC and everything else in paintball. So make sure you guys tune in for that. And um, we haven't had an opportunity to play any games here on the show. Are you guys up for something tonight? Yeah, anything thumbs up on Matt. <laughs> what did you say? Anything that's what irritating? Anything, anything entertaining would be great. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm bored to tears right now. Well, I have not. Oh, that's nice. How do you think? How do you think I feel? Um, Matt, can you keep score? You can. Pl- you because um, I can't have you play along since these are some of your. Uh, the, these are some of your. Uh, what do you mean uh, all? All of them are yours. Yeah, yeah. So here's what's going to happen, guys. We're going to play a little bit of Prices Right, and we're going to watch you guys at home in the live chat. What we're going to do is we're going to post up ads that matt found sold on ebay these are items that have been sold on ebay and they're all paintball stuff and uh, all you need to do is bid closest bid without going over wins and you guys can compete against joe gavin and travis here Uh, all you got to do is put your bid in the live chat here's an example and i'll put it full screen for you guys watching at home what would you guys think that this sold for it is a tech t tipman 101 Tech DVD fix any Tipman paintball marker just by watching this DVD. You guys remember what DVDs were? Well, yes. this is what it is. <laughs> so this sold on eBay. The lucky seller of this was able to sell it in the time that it was uh, required. But how much did he sell it for was the key thing. Gavin, you won last time, but Travis is uh, our guest tonight, so we should probably let him go first. Travis, how much do you think this sold for? So sold for back in the day or sold like today. Now? This is hot today, off of eBay sell list. Two ninety nine. What? This is a DVD in a case. Two dollars yeah. and ninety nine. You know how people own tip and model ninety eight. Two dollars ninety nine cents, and then All the right. shipping. Put it in there. All right. Uh, total price is uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna I, ask yeah. everyone else. Well, no, no. I I haven't I haven't said what it was. I I. The, I, the shipping's a whole other story. We're just talking about what it's sold for. Joe, what are what are you thinking? Box. What? Eight dollars. Eight bucks. All right. Gavin, what are you thinking? George Hayes says nine ninety nine. Robert Henson twenty five bucks, and Leon West says fifty dollars. I think Leon, we're talking U.S. currency or the crack you're smoking is really good. Same with John, five hundred bucks. <laughs> Yeah, really, eh? Uh, Fifteen dollars right, so says. The, my bid for this uh, delicious piece of paintball history and DVD, I will say a good um, 
Ten dollars, Bob. $10. Brent Davis from Air Ops Paintball says five dollars, Bob. All right. If you guys are good with your uh, selling, this sold for nineteen ninety nine. I think a, this year, nineteen a week ago, a week ago. They Gavin make wins that it. Gun, I don't think right. What's that? Do they still make that gun? The Model ninety eight. There's only probably six or seven out in the industry. All right, good. <laughs> well, who won? So Sorry, that, I had the yellow so that, they still make DVD players? Like, <laughs> no, but it'll be streaming to Netflix next week. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Gavin, Gavin wins that one. But what about this one here, ladies and gentlemen? It's a paintball SP1 paintball gun. Wow. SP1. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, and this may or may not hinder the, the price of it, but this has a custom paint job on it. This is a tan paintball gun with an undermount flashlight and a red dot scope on it and i don't know joe maybe you can help me is that car uh car stock original uh no i don't think they came with a car stock that's certainly not the drop forward it's got a smart parts barrel on it you can see a little gel on it i don't know how you can shoot that gun without a drop forward so good for him for putting one on um because that's important i think what do you guys on a remote yeah that's true Actually, you could put a remote right on the regular. But with that drop forward, you need an even longer remote. That's is that true. a plane drop or that regular drop? Just a regular uh, drop. Just like a regular drop. Die drop. But when if you refer to a drop, drop forward. That would be to the next stratosphere, <laughs> I'm telling you. But when you refer to a drop forward, you can't just say regular because there's no such thing as a regular drop forward. All right. What plane do you guys think? Standard. Well, yeah. So, Gavin, you won that last one. How much do you think this sold for? George Hayes is one hundred and twenty-five. Carol Will, Carolyn Wilbank says one hundred and fifty dollars. Bob, um, and George, uh, Charles Holton says eleven dollars and seventy-five cents. I will go a little higher than that. I will say one hundred dollars even, Bob. Wow, John is saying two hundred and fifty Australian dollars. I'm not sure what that it's equates to in U.S. dollars. Um, Australian money is similar to Canadian. Okay. Worthless. All right. And then, Travis, what are you thinking? How much would you spend on this? And don't get excited. This is not, there's not enough for it to outfit your team. This is just a single one. Listen, is that legal in Canada, that gun right there? <laughs> the stock is not. Okay. You'd have to take it off and put on a pop bottle. Yeah. All right, Travis, you're a guest this evening, so I will let this. You know what? No, Todd, you just need to stop, too. <laughs> this is um, hard times in our country. All right, so listen. If a if a two dollar DVD went for twenty dollars, um, I don't know. Let's call this gun three ninety nine because the world's upside down. This is eBay, so you could be drastically right or drastically wrong. What did Gavin say? hundred bucks. Yep. I'm gonna say uh, two twenty. Okay. Richie Rampage Santos says ninety bucks. Charles Holton two hundred bucks. Uh, John sixty five Canadian and Ryan McGee one hundred and twenty five dollars. Bob, this sold. For a whopping one hundred and thirty bucks, Gavin. Gavin's still waiting, but he no. Did Gavin get it again? Mm-hmm. God. Gavin. Okay, Gavin knew we were doing this, and he scoured eBay today looking for uh, <laughs> looking for things to study. That's what I do. What else am I going to do with my time? All right. Well, then let's throw you off here in in honor of Tom K, who we had on the show just the other uh, ju- just the other show. This here is a PTF Micro EMAG 2000 paintball gun. This is, one can only say purple. 
more of a lilac, but yeah. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think? Gavin, you're going to have to, uh, yeah, you're going to have to start the bit on this one. Well, I don't have my color wheel out, but I will agree with the lilac interpretation from our friend Joe. I'm going to say 350 for this bad boy. 350, eh? Okay. John's saying 250 in the live chat. What do you think, Travis? Do you ever shoot an e-mag in, the, in your day or even an auto-mag in your day? Yeah, I loved automags back in the day. I was probably the last guy to switch to a cocker on my team. No, come on. We had Bud Orr yeah. and Tom K on the show last week, and they both agreed that auto that auto cocker's better. You heard it. I, I I actually watched that show and it was cool, and did I really you? wanted to hear some stuff that like Tom K was like gonna say because he did so much cool, innovating things that I was like. I just want to pay attention. Yeah. Um, We're going to have Tom K back on the show because we felt that neither of them had enough real airtime. We kind of just wanted to always wanted to have them back on the show together. And I don't know if you had an opportunity to listen, but we released another show that after the live show, we kept recording and it was our 25 minutes after the show that we just shot the shit with them. And we asked them the questions that we wanted to know, but we didn't want to air because we felt that, Maybe they didn't want to answer it on the show. We didn't want to put them on the spot. And it's pretty interesting. I, if, I'm not going to lie to you. Might be worth watching maybe before the paintball documentary. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. Wait, so Gavin's been right twice in a row here. You said 350. And I can't go over, right? You can go. Yeah. You can't go over the selling price, but you can go over his bid because, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go 399. Three ninety nine, Joe. What are you thinking? That's my number. I don't know. Um, look at the barrels, freaking Armson. Um, it's got a die boom stick that's anodized. This is aftermarket anodizing. You can tell. Um, Super trendy. I'm gonna. I've been wrong twice in a row. I'm gonna say four fifty. Four fifty. Wow. You guys way lowballed this thing. This is a protein products email. There's nothing. <laughs> Listen, to Matt's gonna get a, get upset with you guys. I'm angry. Look at Travis. Really is, okay, Travis is drinking Modelo. He's got the budget. He 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 yeah. should know what this is worth. This sold for twelve hundred dollars. U.S. Wow. U.S. twelve hundred dollars. Welcome to eBay, my friends, where I you either it. get screwed or rich. Mm. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. We'll do it real quick, super quick. Um, And let me see if I can find here this, and I'll go full screen for those of you watching at home. This is a used Smart Parts SP, not one, but SP8 paintball gun uh, with a custom Woodsball camo paint job, as you can clearly see. Has a Lapco drop forward. No stock, but it does have a red dot. That's pretty snipery. So who won that? Joe, you did. I did, yes. All right, let's uh, see. 165. Okay. Jonathan Rollins has 50 bucks. And you said 175. Okay, uh going clockwise, Travis, I guess. What what are you thinking? Fifty-nine bucks. Fifty really? Listen to you, Mr. Moneybag. Okay. Gavin, what do you think? Uh, I'll do 100 even, Bob. Ooh. Wow. Same with Carolyn Wilbanks agrees. This is 100 bucks. George Hayes says $110. This sold for $219.95. Yeah. 
<laughs> it came down to the pennies, guys. They were bidding on this one. There was a bidding war. You don't get custom woodland markers just anywhere. So oh, boy. News. We have a tie between Joe and Gavin right now. No, we do. we really? Yeah. Two, two. All right. Well, then let's do one okay. Next super. Week I'll say I won anyway. It doesn't matter. That's true. Yeah, winners take, winners All right. Super quick. Yeah. We always check in to see what the temperature is on this. This here is a Sheridan K-Series paintball gun. It's in good shape. It's in really good shape. You can still see that the, see sticker the sticker was on it. The sticker looks like it's still on there, just faded all the way through. The plastic retaining screws for the tanks are still there, and I've never seen Tuper ring before. Interesting. Okay. So what do you guys... So who won that last one, Matt? Joe did. Okay. So, Joe, you have to bid first. What are you thinking on this? Um, 300. Travis? What are you 700. thinking? 700. 700. Good for you. That's that's wood grain right there. <laughs> yeah. Might be a veneer. <laughs> no, no. You start a fire with that thing. Yeah, you can really butt stock somebody, too. Gavin, what are you thinking? Uh, sorry, Joe. I'm going 400. What did I say? 350? 300. 300. It's 300, so it's fine. 100. All right, so we have a new champion for this week, and it's $450 sale price. Wow. It's a steal. That's Gavin. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for playing Prices Right. We're going to have some more uh, of that over the next couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, yeah. Travis, what are you guys shooting? I, I didn't even ask you this with going through all this, but what do you I know personally, but what are you guys shooting this year? So I should just have like a little shameless plug right here. Yeah, yeah. It's all I about the shameless plug. A, yeah, I got a I got an office sitting there. These are bad boys. Uh Planet Eclipse. We've been Planet Eclipse for a long time, but this is our uh uh the infamous edition. Yeah, it's yeah. Got the milled in skull, uh CS two pro. So Yeah. That's what we've been shooting in. The only downside with the with the Milden skull is when you buttstock somebody with the back of your gun, you can tell which team it was it from. Is. Yeah. <laughs> um and honestly, like when we've been playing the 10 man mech stuff, we've been using uh just the Emacs. And you know, we, we trick them out with our triggers and little things like that. But uh for the most part it's legit just the Emacs. It's a great gun. I am stoked because they have a single trigger coming for the CS2. So yes, I was going to say at Extravaganza we saw that. Um, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. If I were to play the 10 man, I'd probably grab myself an M170R. <laughs> those, it, yeah. yeah, those yeah. Uh, those are pretty badass for sure. We all enjoyed shooting that one. Yeah, yeah. We some of the guys do have those. Um, it's just you know you know how these pro guys are. They're flipping guns every 10 seconds. So it's like. Oh, we need a gun for the event. We need an EMAC. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I used to say this to some of the young kids. We used to we used to have several camps in in, in our in our thing here. I always just to say, how are you going to get better if you always kept rotating your gun? Stay with stay with the gun that you have. Learn and train on it for as long as you can, unless it's the same gun, same company, and you're just kind of trading out colors. And it's new. It's now a hashtag that will be trending: shooting geometry. And, 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 and hashtag frangibility for the, uh, yes. Yeah. So, well, we're getting close to the end of the hour here. Um, Travis, thank you for, uh, for being on the show. Do you guys know little known fact that Travis Lemansky was one of the first outside people to be on behind the bunker? I believe he was on the second or third episode of our show. 
We've told Travis that before, and uh, whether he cares to know that or not, he uh, <laughs> he holds a special place in that. And uh, yeah, Behind the Bunker has been around for a few years, going on eight now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great show. Yeah, that's back when Travis used to be handsome and uh, young and spry. And the last time he's on the show. Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, Travis, are you, um, a question, are you still, um, are you guys still using Nike for uh, footwear? And yeah, that's, yeah. that's like a sponsorship from actually Nike, is it? Yeah, correct. Um, they're they're uh, a big supporter of the team. They support a handful of the pro teams out there. Um, you know, one of the marketing VPs is actually like a huge paintball fan. That's great. And uh, I won't I won't throw his name out there so you guys don't bombard him with stuff. But he uh, he loves paintball and just wants to see it kind of grow. And so he 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 gives sort of I I don't know if you guys saw, but he like made custom shoes for like X Factor when they won the yeah. world championship. And oh, that's fantastic. So it's just, they're just a really uh, cool dude. Great company. Um, obviously, they make the best cleats, so it's like. Perfect. I've I've always thought that they should make um they could just use one of their normal shoes but they brand it specifically for paintball and they call it the snake and um all the swooshes are velcro so you can change your swoosh to match your color of your jersey and the color of your gun so you can send that to them. I'll write it down. You can write it down. <laughs> and is he the same guy that does the Nike makes also some military boots too that are pretty lightweight and cool. I don't know if you've seen those. Oh yeah, like the ACG or you talking about the No, it's like um, the military method. The military one. It's pretty cool. They're very compliant and everything too, so they're neat. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Can you wear those in Canada? You can wear them in Canada. They're not okay. restricted. Not okay. yet. Not yet. They might be though. Yeah, not yet. I'll be interesting. Well, if Nike ever wants to be a part of a live paintball show every week on Monday nights, they can certainly uh we really whore ourselves out, don't we? Uh, so thank you, Travis. <laughs> thank you, Travis, for being on the show. We didn't get actually get an opportunity to tell you guys, but make sure you guys head on over. Uh, where should we send them to um, have them have a look at the new uh, tanks that you guys have, the new Silencio Barrel? Where, where? Yeah, um, infamouspaintball.com. There you go. So, there you go. All right there. Yeah. So, guys, go check that out. And uh, FNDN. If you guys are looking for some uh, technical wear, sorry, what did you call it? It wasn't technical wear. It was um, wear, wearable tech. Wearable. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. So wearable tech. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Can, is there a, is there a smartwatch app for the wearable tech to adjust the volume in with your iPhone or your Apple watch? Can you adjust the temperature? So with some your of the, second? some of the newer products we have, we have like uh, apps for, um, but that's more like the biometric, like the heart rate sensors and those type of things. But the, you know, just making it hot or cold, it's a button. Yeah. You think it's easier than pulling out your phone. And I've yeah. done some research, you know, but on my, on the vest that I have from FNDN, uh, it says that it's compatible with Apple iPhones a 13 so I'm still waiting so we'll gotcha. see gotcha. Oh, and, and Todd um, Carolyn Wilbanks um, asks where can I watch past, past episodes you can't as soon as they're done we burn them and uh, we act as if they don't happen um, you can go back really on YouTube search for behind the bunker and subscribe you can go on Facebook all of our shows are live on Facebook you can go back and really, if you want to listen to them, they're up as podcasts. As soon as we're done, we put them up as podcasts. The next morning, you'll find them. 
Uh, so any show that we've ever done in the last three years are now up in podcast form, including the great episode with uh, Bud Orr and Tom K. Um, yeah, and 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 everything. This episode with Travis will be up tomorrow morning as well. So go go and download them anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. And remember, hashtag shooting geometry. <laughs> there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to let you guys go at home. Matt, any last final words? Uh, not really, but I've been intrigued by these uh, socks. Really considering where we're going to turn. Yeah. All right. Well, as soon as the border opens up, we'll send you guys some socks. Just don't turn it up to 11. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> assault socks. I won't call them assault socks or anything weird. <laughs> But yeah, they yeah. A, they do have um Travis is working on a new a new version of the sock so it, you can just put it around your canteen cup and hit hit heat and it will actually boil water. There you go. Uh Joe, thank you for being on the program tonight. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in and watching tonight guys and girls and we'll see everybody Monday night at 8 p.m. for some more uh, behind the bunker. Yeah, yeah. Gavin Sharma. Tech uh, Industries. to be here, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us on a Saturday, your quarantine Saturday. Travis, thank you so much for lending us your time. You're very generous with that. Um, and again, as Joe said, Todd said, and Matt said, um, we're back here Monday for our live show. So join us at 8 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, yeah. We'll or have daylight time, Easter Daylight Time. That's right. And we'll have uh, Russell Jackson and Tim Montressor from DLX. Uh, we're going to be talking about ICC and everything else that's uh, that's in their world, so stay tuned for that as well. Travis, thank you so much for being on the show. I know you had other better things to do. Uh, you know, so much stuff going on right now. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Very good. Don't go anywhere, guys. Um, uh, sorry, don't go anywhere, you guys that are on Zoom with me. But uh, everyone else, we'll see you on Monday night. Thanks for watching. <laughs>